episode of Learned, the podcast, with your hosts, Dr. John Paul and Kevin Allred. Hello, hello, hello. Hey there. Hey, how are you this week? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Doing okay. Just got back from Texas. Um, and oh, child, it was a lot. Uh, <laughs> there was a yeah, lot that happened. Texas is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so mean, I, I haven't spent much time in Texas, but I, I, I know people there. I know the culture of Texas. Well, a lot of Texas. and Yeah. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. So, uh, well, first off, how was your week? Um, good. Just busy, busy, more work mm-hmm. in my yeah. head. <laughs> yes. I am um, literally, I see you writing your book and I'm always like, I got to cheer you on. I got to cheer you on. You're <laughs> almost at the finish line. It's just, yeah, which makes mm-hmm. it even more stressful. Like being c- closer is worse <laughs> it, for me with like my anxiety being the more I get done actually gives me more stress because I, I want it to be just perfect. And, you know, I always will doubt what I'm doing and, oh, there could be a better word. Oh, the sentence could be better. Oh, like you just have to at one point stop yeah <laughs> and be like okay submit this for someone else to think about for a minute and get right. feedback on but... you're beyond saying you're you're beyond saying your book beyonce. on beyonce right yes <laughs> but i yes. guess could there be any other way not really i guess <laughs> so right yeah yeah so um but i guess i could say my week has kind of been the same um i went i was i wanted to shout out utsa i got a chance to um, keynote there. They did a conference for folks in student affairs this week, and it was what a really is that cool... for UT U- University of Texas mm-hmm. at San, San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, shout out everybody at UTSA, everyone who gave me love. There were a lot of people who, even before, I, usually I go into spaces kind of assuming that not too many people know who I am. Uh, but it was really cool because I would say a good majority of the people in the space were like people who follow me on social media. So I really wanted oh. to shout them out and just talk about how lovely they are. And then ultimately I spent the rest of the week in San Antonio. I went to a water park, which is big for me because I don't do water parks. I do and... not do water parks Mm-mm. either. So Ooh, girl. I don't know whether to congratulate you or to just <laughs> be scared for you. Like I don't, water parks are a lot. <laughs> a lot. And when I got there, so the a water park for me is like a spa, like an adult spa. Sure. But I don't do so. I I went to a water park with my friend, and it was really cool. I had a couple of water slides. I almost got stuck in one, but that's all another conversation on a oh. different day. <laughs> so again, the terror of being an adult at a water park really set in in that moment. And um, yeah, we did that, and we ate a lot of barbecue. I probably ate way too much, but <laughs> overall, it was a really good week. So I'm happy to be home. I'm home for like two or three more weeks, and then I'm back on the road again. But otherwise, I'm really, really happy. So that's um, good. So that's that on that. But otherwise, <laughs> wanting to get your thoughts, we haven't. We had a week gap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and so wanting haven't... to get your thoughts. <laughs> we haven't Sorry. talked about the. The BBMAs, the Billboard Music Awards. We we back and we did a little back and forth on Twitter, of course, as mm-hmm. as we were watching. But um, and not that that has anything to do with our topic or themes for the day, but it's <laughs> a major moment. Um, I was underwhelmed, as I usually am at award shows. I love a good live tweet of an award show, mm-hmm. just for kind of 
how snarky you can be about all the different things and you know pick them apart a little and also in hopes of seeing some really cool performances but um usually i'm underwhelmed within the, and that was the case as well this last week or two, whatever um <laughs> i watched for janet jackson um i wouldn't really i probably wouldn't watch the billboard music awards if there wasn't like a major you know beyonce or janet Jack or like a major performance that i wanted to see because eh. right um like i'll watch the grammys even if i'm not looking forward to anyone just to kind of see what happens but bbma's is blah uh <laughs> and janet i mean I love Janet Jackson. It was cool to see her on TV again. I mm-hmm. thought it was not my ex. Let's say my expectations were so high that it would be very difficult to meet them. I thought the staging, the dancing was really cool. Um, but you know, it, it was a good performance, and it was cool to see her win the award and see her on TV. But like, I kind of wanted more. But maybe she's saving that for you know the festival she's playing this summer and mm-hmm. more more tour dates and all that so that was cool um what about you what were your favorite or, or maybe least favorite <laughs> moments yeah. i think the only thing i genuinely loved and i'm still on is normani's performance with khalid um i think her i think you know when they say like certain celebrities have their breakout moments and at in terms of performances i felt like like, for instance, I, I always go back to, like, Beyonce's Run the World performance. Like, that was the on the Billboard, Billboard Music Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always felt like that was the moment where people were like, oh, damn, like, that is a <laughs> true performer. Like, she right. gave us a actual visual. And I feel like Normani did the same thing. I think that that was kind of like watching her. I think it was like, there were three parts to it. It was seeing the silhouette of her in the background um ultimately and the thing is i had heard that song millions of times but i never knew who it was that was singing I, obviously i knew oh, it was khalid's voice right. but i didn't know it was normani on it and so i had listened to it several times thinking like oh this is a really cute you know bop and then i saw her performance like oh snap because i'm a big 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 fifth harmony fan and so just seeing her break out and again i mean seeing her swing that wig and <laughs> go into that stance like that b-boy stance I was like, oh, I'm sold. I was like, Camila could never. And so... <laughs> Don't... So, those Camila whatever they call themselves, mm-hmm. came after me on Twitter once. They're a mess, mm-hmm. so don't say anything about her. They're going to come at us again. They probably will. But again, I just said Camila could never. Um, uh, Ariana Grande was dressed like a baby. Um, such overall, a baby. Just, just overall, like, again, I, kind of the same. Janet's performance was great. I was really excited to see Salt and Pepper get their, oh, you right, know, right. get their roses around with, you know, as well as in Vogue. Uh, I know many of the people in the audience were probably like, who are they? Because, I mean, again, millennials don't know anything about the, the history. But <laughs> right. I was just, I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on. I, I genuinely am frustrated because I go, I remember a time where award shows and performances meant like an artist was truly coming to work. And I've just felt like a lot of artists have gotten extremely lazy with their performances. Like even Camila's like no shade. It was, you know, Pharrell was the one who led her in, but just the performance was so lazy to me. And I was looking going like, there's no, you know, no set changes. There's no, like, there's nothing, there was no wow factors to a lot of the performances. I mean, yeah, obviously Shawn yeah. Mendes and a few of them, they're going to play guitar. That's what they do. But I just, I, I felt so un- underwhelmed with uh, the performances this year. So I don't yeah. know. Although that, and I'm reliving it now in my head and 
my other shout out would just have to be to Kelly Clarkson because she consistently like she's she's a singer like she doesn't need the dancing and anything Mm -hmm. else she's a singer Mm -hmm. um ever since the first season of American Idol she's just been a singer um they've tried to get her to do other things her material's not always the best material for her but she always Mm -hmm. fucking sings like she's got an amazing voice and even when she started with that montage like doing Mm -hmm. all the year's biggest songs or whatever like Mm -hmm. it was clear her vocals her talent is amazing like like what you're saying everyone is lazy as a performer today i think and not just with their performances at award shows but just kind of in creating (laughs) music that's what i miss about i don't the good old days like i don't know what i want to call it (laughs) how it it doesn't even have to be that long ago but again that's why i love someone like beyonce or janet jackson so much is because they put so much time and attention and energy into creating something really interesting for them but also for the audience um something that sounds new something that sounds fresh uh and if, you know, it doesn't always have to be dancing. Like I said with Kelly Clarkson, we also had amazing artists like Whitney Houston who didn't need to dance. She sat there and right. sang. But we still we don't have, like, a Whitney today. Or a, we have Beyonce still, and we have Janet Jackson. Um, I guess we have a few singers. like, But even, like, Adele is a singer that everyone loves, but I wouldn't want to watch her. She's not interesting to watch. I'd watch Kelly Clarkson sing. Um, right in concert that kind of thing and she doesn't need the dancing but we don't have like people that give so much attention to their craft anymore and i guess that goes for (laughs) actually everything a lot of things not just music and much whatever but um writing all kinds of stuff yeah lastly what were your thoughts on christina aguilera and demi lovato and then we can move on i don't like the song (laughs) I thought they were both singing, like they were both singing well. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It. I saw a lot of, like me listening to it, it sounded like, okay, they're both singing. But then I saw a lot of comments being like, ooh, girl, that was not right. Ooh, that was a mess. Ooh, so maybe it's just coming, depends on how it came through the speakers to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, it was whatever. It was like a thing they... They put a little thought into it. I don't know. They had that moment where they like touched foreheads and oh, was I don't was that supposed to be powerful? I don't know, but it it was cute, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> compared to, <laughs> compared to everything else, I would have to rate it towards the better <laughs> part of the the show rather Listen. than. But that's yeah. all in comparison to the lackluster mm-hmm. um, rest of it. I don't know. Right. You're a, you're a Christina fan you're a big I do Christina. like Christina and I want the best for her <laughs> I just can't get with Demi Lovato have there is there okay. anybody and I know this is we are so doesn't, far left at this matter. point but I guess it yeah it's whatever but ha, is there a particular artist that like you just look at and you go nope like literally like from the day 
Demi Lovato released her first single, I just could not do her. Really? Something about her bugs me. And so even now, like, even in that performance, I was like, first, I know this performance is going to be loud. I just know it's going to be loud. I already had to turn the the volume down because I already knew there was going to be a lot of screaming. But I just, oh God, I just, I just can't get with Demi Lovato. I can't. That's interesting. I, I mean, I have that reaction to some people. I don't, I don't really have either, neither a strong nor positive reaction to Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It, 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 it was loud. And <laughs> both, both of them are loud singers and loud singing is not always good singing. I will right. say that. I, I think... Now, I love Jennifer Hudson, but... Oh, God, I knew this is where this was going. <laughs> I love Jennifer Hudson, but because she she literally has no volume control. And I've seen her live in, like on Broadway, too. She really has no volume control. Um, which, okay, whatever. But it's, it's so often mistaken for, like, she's amazing. She is a great singer, but... People think it's more amazing than it is just because it's Girl, so loud. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's just so loud. It's just why Could are you, you so imagine loud? like like mm. a new VH1 Divas special with just Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Hudson, oh, Demi Lovato no. all like screaming at each other the whole time. <laughs> that Who would else? be worse. I and then you add in Fantasia. Oh I, no, I love Fantasia. Same, but she's but also too a loud. She's person. loud. Mary J. Blige is pretty loud too. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, they oh should gosh. get they should do that actually i don't know why i'd be interested in this but just getting like all the loudest singers together mm-hmm. patty labelle be like <laughs> to the do. future mm-hmm. but see her, she has both the loud and the control and dynamics and mm-hmm. a lot more i think than yes. some of the other loud girls but <laughs> maybe it's because she's from like an older time when there was more attention put in right. to craft i don't know um yeah, just get like all the loud singers together and see what happens. It oh, could God. be that should be the theme of some awards show coming up. Just like loud, <laughs> where you find all the loudest screaming singers and put them <laughs> on the stage. Oh God, our poor eardrums. Oh yes, but overall, but I do, I, I, I do. I want to say this because like, I already know Mark. If my friend Mark listens to this, he will probably have my neck. So I'm gonna say oh, no. this. I, yes, I am a fan of Christina. I'm I'm oh. I'm praying that her album does well. I want the best for her. Um, I saw what she wore to the con. Oh God, to the show, and I just was like, the, baby. The performance outfit or what she had? No, on? did I you didn't see, see what she wore when she? No, I wasn't in? paying attention to the red oh. carpet. <laughs> oh God, it just was. It was bad. Um. And there's no way to explain explain it. She had on. So this is the thing too. Like, and I guess again, I know like we're totally off topic, but my biggest thing becomes for people of size or specifically fat people, however you want to identify, pinstripes are not our friends. Pin, and I want to say this again. If you are a big person, stop wearing pinstripes. They don't do anything for you. And so mama had on this pinstripe dress that came up to like her. It made her neck look large. It made her head look small. She had this long train behind her. It just didn't work. And I'm like, girl, like you already have people rooting down for you. Like don't Mm. give them anything else to, to like 
come for. And so like, I was just really frustrated with her look for the show. Cause I'm going like, if this is any onus of what this performance is going to be, like, I already know people are ready to come for her. So I just really want her to do better, but I love her. <laughs> and That's... I do believe, I yeah. do believe she's going to do well, but I just, I, I, I keep praying that somebody helps her get it together. Yeah. These people need, I mean, I, it always makes me think of like, who are the stylists, who are these stylists out here telling people to dress in, I mean, not in relation to her necessarily, just like a lot of, a lot of looks on these carpets and uh, shows. And yeah, there's something about taking a risk, but you know, someone like Rihanna takes a lot of risks and even when it doesn't work, it's, you can still be like, oh, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then some but risks Christina are just Christina doesn't like, have that. Yeah, There's... Christina doesn't have that. It just looks bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hopefully it's it's she gets it all together for the album release, right? Is coming. I don't know. There's singles That's... out. There's Yeah, there she's she's put out quite a few singles already, so we'll see. But um yeah, I guess changing topics. We are here. Um so we've been asking people all week to Shout out those who are graduating and to talk about, you know, everyone's celebrating. Like, I've been seeing a whole bunch of tweets. I've been seeing a whole bunch of, you know, on different podcasts, people mentioning and talking about uh, graduation. And so I thought it would be fun for us to have kind of a conversation about graduation and some of the things that if like maybe back when you graduated, you knew then, you know, what would you have done differently? Or even now, like, what advice would we want to give to folks who are graduating? So wanting to throw it your way, Kevin, like, what was graduation like for you? And what were some <laughs> of the things that you wish that people like you wish you knew, or people had, would have told you right around the time you graduated? I feel like I still need graduation <laughs> advice at this point <laughs> in my life. I feel like someone should be, be giving me <laughs> advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one, one thing that I guess sticks out with me. I, I, I never, I'm, I didn't like any of my graduations, right? We have, we have both have different degrees. So we've graduated a number of times <laughs> in different ways. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to my most recent graduations. I didn't want to. Um, and I guess it, it is tied back to like the support I felt or AKA did not feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by departments, by system, the education, system, educational system in general. Um, but now that I'm like also teaching, uh, I guess the main, a main piece of advice I would want to hear myself back then, maybe when I was graduating, you know, the first time with my bachelor or even graduating from high school, mm-hmm. let's say, um, is that that's not the end of anything like it i don't know it's put it's it's conceived of or like sold to us as this culminating moment it's easy to say like oh endings are just different beginnings da 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 mm-hmm. that's and that's not kind of what i mean in that like schlocky way i just mean you probably didn't learn any of the things that you need to know for the world and life in college <laughs> um and as a teacher, that's why one was one of my folk. One of the things I tried to focus on all the time is like actual practical, critical thinking skills, and not and ways that even if you don't m- memorize the things or the readings that are in that I'm assigning in classes, you will come away with an ability to think in a different way that is then useful to 
how whatever you want to put it towards um and so like stay excited about learning i guess is after all of that is my bit of advice like read keep reading books don't don't pretend like you now have a packaged education that is over I don't know. Does that make sense? Does that? No, it makes it makes complete sense. I think I've seen several people specifically um, in the last couple of weeks. I've seen a couple of articles shared about the things that we need to be prepping students for mm. outside of just you know getting them the quote unquote knowledge or the, the the expertise in the field of whatever they study. You know, even thinking about high school, right? So even when folks graduate from high school, how oftentimes folks really will say, "Okay, I'm going to college," but a lot of the students that are in college, they move into college, you know, rest halls or dorms or whatever folks call them. They don't know how to cook for themselves. They don't mm. know how to balance bills. Like they don't know how to, they don't know how to work, right? They don't have the, they don't have the understanding or the knowledge that's in, in, in essential for them to be able to be effective in a workplace or even specifically thinking like, I know for myself, when I graduated from high school, I really wish someone would have sat down with me and had a real conversation with me about these are the things you need to be aware of in the world while you're trying to get a degree. Like a degree is not going to be the only thing that validates you as a person, mm -hmm. right? The world is still going to see you as black. The world's going to still see you as que queer. The world's still going to see you as less. So here's a real conversation about what you need to expect. And I don't think that enough students get those conversations. I think we spend a lot of time wanting to protect our students, whether it be high school or college, even like as a doctor, right? So graduating with my doctorate, I genuinely thought and believed that. And I just actually had a conversation with my friend about this this week, right? I said, you know, I was told from the time that I started, you know, my undergrad experience, get your master's degree, that'll take you further, get your doctor's degree, and it'll take you further. And, you know, while I am so grateful, and I, I don't want to come across as if I'm being very ungrateful, I'm very grateful that I get called on and I get asked to write and I get asked to speak on different topics because of my doctorate. But there are still a lot of times where I still feel like my doctorate hasn't done anything for me. My doctorate really gave me debt, but it didn't really mm -hmm. do anything that was going to like elevate my life to this this place. And so it's it's been me taking my doctorate and making it a brand and pushing it and saying, okay, I'm going to do something further with it. But I think that that's the thing that I, the best advice that I would probably give anybody who's graduating is to not rest on the degree as being like the selling point in terms of like your experience and your growth. The degrees at this point, especially in this day and age, degrees don't really do anything for you. I think it's really connecting and, and like thinking about the moments where you, you've you really grown inside the institution and outside the institution. And I have some thoughts about that, but I don't want to go long. So huh. kind of throwing it back to you, you know, yeah. What are your thoughts? No, no, no. I, I totally mm -hmm. um, get what you're saying. Like, it just makes me think of someone should give, they should give like bumper stickers out that just say you are not a degree or you are not your degree or something right. like that to as you graduate because that's what we're taught to think like oh you have I see so many and I guess it's it's shifting as education itself shifts as the workforce and the available jobs shift and all of these things and as capitalism our favorite thing um shifts shifts all of these things into you know we're at a moment where capitalism may be imploding or exploding i don't know doing something um and we're all gonna deal with that but um as all of these things shift i feel you know when i was in high school i i didn't feel 
and of course i'm you know a white guy yes i'm queer but um i have I, I'm read in the world. I didn't have all the tattoos I have now then, so I'm read by the world in a different way. Like, I didn't feel the pressure, and I didn't immediately start college right after high school. Um, I, like, got a job and was trying to do stuff, figure out what I wanted with life, and then eventually went back, and now I have all these degrees, and I'm teaching college, which was not something I ever anticipated back then. But kids today think, right, it's almost as if the college diploma is what a high school degree used to be. You could, you used to be able to make a life, even sometimes without a high school diploma, but, yep. but today a high school diploma especially means nothing. Nope. Um, a college degree is almost like that. Today a master's is like what a bachelor's degree used to be in the workforce. And it just like keeps piling on while all the students continue to pile up debt getting the degrees. Because, right. well, some people have resources that allow them to get these degrees without any debt, but or there's scholarships too, but those things are like few and far between. Um, so the debt you amass in getting the degree that then doesn't really pay, it doesn't really, there's no strings that come with the degree. Um, I've been writing in one of in one of the chapters for my book. I've been writing about. Um, and it sounds silly, but like Beyonce's kale sweatshirt in the 7-Eleven mm. video and how it looks like a Yale sweatshirt and um, like the associations we have with a school like Yale versus another school that are really so much about privilege and um, the connections that you get, not about the education yeah. itself. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's what I was kind of speaking to back with the first thing I said is like keep learning because you probably didn't learn the things that are really going to be interesting and helpful to you mm -hmm. in the world while in college classrooms. Some hopefully, like I hope that student, students that take my classes get a little bit of something, but I don't think overall a college degree is, is designed. It's, it's designed to be a business transaction, not um, uh, something that enhances your ability to deal with this world yep um i don't know that's kind of pessimistic but... no it's not i think you have a really good point because i think people fail to understand what higher ed is and i've been saying this the reason why education works the way that it works is because it's a business everything is a business at the end of the day as much as they say we're not for profit no they are still interested in taking your money because they need your money in order to keep doing what they do but i think you hit a really good point and when you're talking about this idea of like the weight of your degree and the institution you go to you know, I saw someone that tweeted something this morning and I was like, point taken. Like someone had said, you know, you know, we, especially so folks, so specifically like for folks who have done extremely well in high school and they have like, you know, 4.0 or 4.5 GPA and then they go on to a really prominent higher ed, you know, institution and then they do really well at the higher ed institution and then they graduate and then they get out into the real world and then they can't get anywhere, right? Like they can't find a job, they can't, they can't network enough, whatever they, you know, their situation makes it rough for them to, to go further, you know, not to beat yourself up about that. Like knowing that, you know, the world is tough. I think that that's something that we fail to tell students, specifically students who are overachievers. I was the opposite. So like for me, I grew up struggle. I struggled all through high school. I struggled through my undergrad. And then when I got to my master's and my doctoral degree, then I started to do really, really well. 
So, but there's still an onus of like, when you graduate top three of your master's program, and then you graduate like top five of your doc program, you think you're the shit, right? And you get out into this world and you think, okay, I've, I've done it. I've, you know, I'm that girl. And the world kind of looks at you and goes, uh, yeah, no, get to the back of the line like everyone else. I think it's imperative and it's important for us to mention, like for those of you who are graduating that have done exceedingly well throughout your journey to remember that you are not the degree that you get and the institution is not a reflection of who you are. Like you still have to make a name for yourself outside of that and you have to find your worth in your worth because yes this adds to your worth but at the same time i think a lot of folks lose themselves in the game of higher ed if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. it's just like you're, you it's part designed to be chasing something that you can never <laughs> reach <laughs> or even when you reach it even when you get like what's the ultimate the doctorate degree um mm-hmm. even then like even people uh, graduating with um i know yours is in education but if if it's in other departments like there are no teaching jobs out there for people with phds even as adjuncts anymore <laughs> or or, or very very few you know tenure the whole tenure system has created there's there's no available jobs because the people that got tenure are still there and they have it for as long as they want a lot of people like love the idea of tenure i actually don't think it works and i I don't think it should work i think educators should have to constantly be proving themselves um uh worthwhile and interesting and like worthy of the job constantly versus like working really hard for 10 years to get tenure and then like you can do whatever you want i don't believe in that um even as someone who works within that system uh i never kind of wanted to engage in the tenure track job market adjunct teaching is also really shitty because you don't get paid and there's all this stuff so i like i'm someone who thinks the whole thing needs to be overhauled in a million different ways um but even once you get like why are you going for the advanced degree why are you going is it because you want to enhance something learn something um you get excited about thinking in these ways or is it because you think there's a job waiting for you that you'll get with that master's or that PhD because chances are there's not. Um, Right. And that doesn't have to be really negative and pessimistic. It just means there are ways for you to get whatever that job is that you want. There's ways to find the skills and hone the skills that you need for it that don't involve getting that master's or that PhD if it becomes, or even a bachelor's degree. Like we need to... I don't want to be like sell a fantasy either. Yeah. Jobs probably don't consider anyone without a bachelor's degree anymore, but we need to like rethink how society is organized in so much that that bachelor's degree doesn't say anything about that person, like that person's ability to do the job. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how we do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Destroy capitalism and destroy no, Um, burn it all to the ground and then Mm -hmm. start over. But there has to be a reevaluation of how we see these and why we see these degrees as useful um, versus the way it is now. Cause it's not going to work. There's going to come. And I mean, I think we're getting closer and closer to this kind of ultimate explosion point, um, not just with education, but with politics and the world. Like we're getting, this is what capitalism does. It can only sustain itself for so long. Um, 
or these like few that are making all the money off of us all mm. the time it's great for them but it can only be sustained for so long before before it just like I don't know what. <laughs> but that's literally, and I think that's literally why we have the problems that we have in higher ed. I mean, I saw an article come out last week about all of the trade jobs that are being left open and how much money is in the trade field that people are not going after. And I think we've put so much on the backs of like higher ed and, you know, go to school and graduate that folks have forgotten that, you know, you don't necessarily need a degree to be successful. And so I think about how capitalism is sold to us in different you know, in terms of value, right? So it's the same concept of you drive a Toyota and you right. drive a Lexus. They are the same damn car. But obviously Lexus says more about your status and where you are. And so the trade versus the, you know, the bachelor's degree, they are the same thing, right? They're teaching you how to do something, but ultimately people see the higher ed route as being weighted more than a trade. And as somebody who has had all three degrees, as somebody who has gone through 12 years of higher ed, you know, I wish somebody would have sat down with me and said, girl, you can make the same amount of money if you clean toilets and you fix them versus, you know, struggling to be a freelancer and doing everything that you're doing in terms of your knowledge. You know, if someone would would have really sat down with me and said, why do you want a degree? Like, why do you need to have a doctorate degree? You know, maybe I would have made some different choices. And it's not to say that I regret getting a doctorate degree. I, I don't want folks hearing this and thinking, okay, Dr. Higgins, obviously, I mean, I mean I've, I've made a platform as Dr. John Paul. So obviously I'm, I, I did something right, right? Like I did it for a reason. But I think, there needs to be a real conversation of who are the ones right in your circle who are the people around you that are encouraging you to do x y and z throughout the trajectory right so if you're in high school who are you listening to or who are the people that are giving you advice about going to college if you're in an undergrad program who are the people encouraging you about your master's and if you've uh, if you've acquired a master's who are the people that are talking to you and having real conversations with you about having a doctorate degree I don't think we have enough conversations about the emotional toll that these programs take on people. There have been art articles that have come out about people who are now suicidal or depressed or, you know, mentally and emotionally unavailable because of their PhD, EDD, you know, PsyD programs. So I, I just, I, I think for me in this episode, what I really wanted to hit home was that graduation is great and we should celebrate it and we should celebrate the people who are walking across the stage because it's hard but let us not forget that once you cross that stage the what the world says about your degree is not a reflection of who you are or who you've become throughout your journey yeah celebrate it as the the work and the like skill and the stuff you've put into it but don't celebrate it as a result that's going to get you that's going to uh entitle you there's also an element of entitlement about mm -hmm. education and jobs as we talk about this it just makes me think a lot about how you know americans today um under this president really love to talk about it's not new it's been happening but you know uh love to talk about how immigrants are stealing all our jobs as americans um which is completely false it's right. just about the jobs you feel you're entitled to because you don't want mm -hmm. to do the job. You don't want to do some jobs. Um, you, I'm not like naming you or the listeners, right? I'm saying like, these people that make this argument, um, you also want to, you, you think you deserve a higher level of job than what some of these low level entry 
um, lower wage jobs are um, that immigrants might have higher representation in. Uh, and so that needs to be talked about too. There's like this, well, I have a bachelor's degree. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to go work in this spot for only seven bucks an hour, eight bucks. I don't know. What is, that's too low. That's good. I almost make, I think I make $7 an hour doing like adjunct DJ, which is bullshit, but, (laughs) um, uh, but you know, you have to supplement it with other things. Um, but there, there's like an, expectation that that bachelor's degree is going to get you a job that it, it it probably won't and then so it builds an entitlement that gets turned into uh, a kind of like discrimination and negative lens towards other people that are in the jobs that you feel you shouldn't have to take because mm-hmm. you have that bachelor's degree like it's all tied together the whole you know the whole business of higher education is tied to the way we think about all these other jobs and the way we think about immigration and who's doing what kind of work um and it's fucked up but like it really is yeah it really is and i think that's the i think that's kind of like the my my big take home that i've really been trying to harp for folks, you know, I see so many, you know, especially even like with around the conversation of like, you know, undocu queer folks who graduate or the people that go through whatever journey that they've had to go through to get their degrees. Like this is all tied into what the world is like outside of the higher, you know, the higher ed bubble. You know, it, it, it just because you have the paper doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to yeah. make your journey any more easier. And it's, if, if anything, it often, in my opinion, sometimes complicates it because I think that there has been this thing that teaches you, OK, because I have a doctoral degree, I'm that, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm the I'm that person that deserves X, Y and Z. And I've had to tell people so many times just because you have that paper does not mean that anybody should be giving anything to you. And yes, life is not fair, but you still are going to have to work. And so um, I think that there needs to be a real conversation about, okay, the degree is one part of your journey, but what else is your journey about? What else do you you take away from the time that you spent in college? Um, So I just, I really am begging, you know, whoever listens to this or whoever decides to share this, to remind graduates that yes, please, please continue to be happy and celebrate, but also keep in mind that you have just made yourself a part of a system that continues to operate in a certain way. And that system is, it's insidious and it's everywhere. And it plays a very big role on your life once you're, once you're outside the institution. So. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. roll back, think about history. Like, <laughs> where did higher edu- where where did institutions of higher education start what was the mm-hmm. point of them right you know why did there why did was there ever a need for hbcus to begin with because only white people were allowed to go to college or mm-hmm. or women's colleges because only white men were allowed to go to college right so if if you trace it all back the intent was there higher education was meant to empower further solidify the power of white men not empowered because they're already empowered we are already empowered um and so the idea now is that it's more and yeah there there, it is more equitable now but it's still part of the same you know it 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 hasn't been transformed so it's meant to kind of put you through the ringer (laughs) 
mm-hmm. give give you something on the other side that you think might mean one thing, but they know doesn't mean that at all. Right. Uh, and further allow the same rich white men, straight, usually rich white straight men, to stay in power. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. And it's hard because... I think education is fun. Like we should, it should be something to, to celebrate more. And it's hard to be able to do that knowing where it comes from. It's like, how do you, how do you engage with the system that you know is so harmful uh, while still recognizing it? Because the idea is you get kind of brainwashed as you go through so that by the time you're done, you don't think about all these bad things about it anymore. Um, Especially as you funnel into the next wave, the masters, the the PhD, the whatever. I don't know. They're going to have to come up with something new because now the PhDs don't have any jobs either. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> and they're like... I only laugh because it's true. <laughs> they're going to revolt and say, we deserve jobs with our PhDs. So they'll be like, oh, a new degree that has to be created. Right. To continue this cycle if it's going to continue or else it just has to be re... Uh, built from the whole and it's about revaluing it's not just education but jobs and the work people do because there's no reason that other than capitalism that someone should get a medical degree and make a bajillion dollars and someone works some other customer service job and makes and goes into extreme debt and can't pay their bills because right. both both jobs are necessary. Like, if we didn't have someone to pick up the trash, I think society would collapse a lot sooner than if we can't. You didn't have a doctor to go see. Right. right. So if anything, it should be reevaluated in the opposite direction. But that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other thing I could go off on. It really is, and I could go on for days <laughs> about uh, just how terrible the system has been set up and that's that's also been something i've been kind of going back and forth with with myself about you know you knew what you were getting yourself into when you signed up for this so don't get mad like you knew the system you knew what the system was about you know even halfway through your program when you kind of like woke up from all of the things that you thought you knew that you didn't you know recognize that you are you you made yourself a part of the system and so i think that there's also that fairness that we have to give ourselves and and being kind ourselves too right about basically saying like the system is this, the way that the system is. And, you know, yes, you have your degree and celebrate that. I mean, I think that there's something to be said about people who actually finish. And I think we're going to get to the, when we get to the end of this podcast, we're going <laughs> to, you know, talk more about that. But I think there is something bigger to be said about those who actually get to the end of their degree and finish and, and get to walk across that stage. And so that's why even for me, right, as I've been watching Facebook and I've been watching the news and I see people being pushed off of stage when they're wanting mm. to celebrate, you know, it's kind of like, if you don't let me have my moment, like I've spent four, five, six, you know, years, you know, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 plus, like give me five seconds to be able to celebrate, you know, in right. front of the mass of people, what I've, you know, what I've been able to accomplish. And so I think that there is also that piece, right? To be able to say you made it through what I like to think of as, you know, what is it like what is that game that used to come on nickelodeon um the, something of doom the the tunnels whatever 
Oh my you know God, what I'm talking I, about. I know it, but I can't even think of what it's called. <laughs> but anyway, you're right, right? So be, the idea that you made the temple. Like an obstacle the, course. Yeah, like that, you yeah. made it through the, that temple game or, you know, higher ed is like that. It's this idea that you've been able to find all the keys. You've been able to do everything mm-hmm. you need to do. You've completed all the courses. You've played the game with each of these educators who probably are racist and don't want to see you do well. Like you, you've survived, you've made it. And so I think that there's also that piece right there, you know, in terms of graduating where we need to to be able to posit the reality of it. Graduation doesn't really mean shit anymore. But then there's also this, this idea to posit that if you do decide to go down that road and you make it like kudos to you because you are up against a very steep hill. So I guess that's kind of where I'm sitting. And that's what to celebrate. That's what you celebrate mm-hmm. knowing that the system was never meant to empower you and still coming out empowered mm-hmm. like that's something to celebrate for graduation because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah you see that in the news people getting pulled off stages people i just saw something about uh, a kid a high school graduate like he's the valedictorian but they won't let him yeah, give I saw that article too they won't let him give the speech because it's too political because he's gay i think mm-hmm. um Square. So, like, these things, like, clearly it wasn't about celebrating or empowering the student because it, it was about discipline, really. Edu- right. higher, okay, that's what it is. We've talked about all of this. Like, higher education is really just about discipline. It and really is. to graduate in a lot of ways is to either be disciplined and kind of internalize the discipline or get through it despite them trying to discipline you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's something to celebrate (laughs) getting through it without being disciplined in the way they want you to but it's also really hard like Mm -hmm. if if you don't get through it it's like it's not your fault either because that's the whole game the game is to get you i think i said brainwashed earlier but like it's to 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 discipline yourself i mean we could go into like all the high theory and philosophy and foucault about all of this but it's really about getting you transferring it so that society doesn't have to discipline you you discipline yourself and just stay in your place yep stay in the place that we told you to stay in and that's like Mm -hmm. really the ultimate idea which means not being political on the graduation stage or you'll get yanked off or just or even just being black on the on the graduation stage or just that's not even being political but like referring to this kid giving a speech but i didn't read the speech maybe it's not political either it's just that he's proud of who he is you know right that's called political today if if you say i'm i'm proud to be part of the lgbt community oh my god that's too political like yeah (laughs) okay right and I've always said, one thing I've always harped on, I, I've always said too, I find it so interesting that we teach a lot of theory and we teach a lot about history and we teach a lot about all of the stuff that happens, you know, with the people, quote unquote, in the past. And we fail to understand that they were political, right? Like a hmm. lot of the stuff that in this world has happened, the growth of higher ed, the growth of uh, colleges, the idea of HBCUs, that all came from politics. Right. And so when we start trying to tell students specifically that are excited about graduating and 
you know, wanting to mention politics in their valedictorian speeches or in their, you know, their keynotes or whatever that they can't, we're ultimately doing exactly, we're, we're going against everything that the institution was set up for. And so I've always kind of just sat around and I've looked around and I've said, I just find it so interesting that we spend four plus years, whether it be high school or college, teaching students about the politicalness of the history of things and to educate them about that and then celebrate them learning it and being able to put that theory to practice. And then yeah. we silence them in the process of them wanting to celebrate them being able to do exactly what we've taught them to do. It's yeah. like, how does that work? I don't, but yeah. Cause you get silenced cause you weren't disciplined. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's from the position of power, I guess. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I called the, you know, my class politicizing Beyonce. It wasn't about saying like, politicizing her as a person it was mm -hmm. about instilling the idea that pop culture is political beyonce is political just because she's a black woman succeeding in the music industry that's political yes right. she's come out and made political statements now but i also made the class up in 2010 so it was before she had done all of these things right. um and to get students to think like all pop culture is political. Your lives are political. All our lives are Everything is political. Um, right. The personal is political. They only they only want to say don't politicize that when it's speaking back to someone in power. Because <laughs> everything mm -hmm. is political. But... <sighs> yeah. So. Anyway. Congratulations yeah. to everyone that is Yes, graduated. and that's, again, that's we the don't... one thing we want to say. Congratulations to everybody. And we'll do more of a in thorough shout out um, towards the end of, our, of this episode. So we're going to go ahead and move to the next segment and wanting to talk about um, our office hours. Yeah, you had a question or a, or a thought or a... Yeah. Uh, something from a discussion that was, <laughs> has been on your mind that we can maybe right, right, uh, right, right. answer or share some thoughts. What, 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 what were you thinking about? Yeah. So, uh, this week I, like, again, it was in conversation with someone and the question came up, you know, I'm a straight person who has a lot of queer friends and knowing that June is pride month, right? Like, you know, pride is being celebrated all over the country. You know, it's being celebrated in Long Beach. We have the new, like some of the biggest prides are happening in like some of the biggest cities. So we have Long Beach, right. we have New York. I think this person in particular was wanting to go to San Francisco pride. And they said, as a straight person, what should I know about going to pride or what should I know about my privilege as a straight person going to pride. And so I guess the bigger conversation piece or the question that they had was how do they make sure that they check themselves and don't take up too much space or don't say or don't do anything that could be considered problematic while they're there in community for the San Francisco Pride March. And so I thought it would be good kind of, you know, knowing that our podcast is based around trying to keep the people woke because, or, you know, <laughs> trying to keep the people red, I should say. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to keep people red. What are some of the things that you or what are a few thoughts that you would have about folks who identify as cis, you know, hetero straight that are wanting to go to pride ceremonies to support their family and friends who might identify with the LGBTQ plus community? I actually don't think this is that tough of a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I don't and I know people a lot of people get nervous and oh, am I going to overstep? Am I going to... Like, that impulse is good, right? And the fact that you had that impulse probably means you're thinking about it a lot more than anyone else. Because uh, if you don't ask the question, if you're not thinking about it. Um, and I, you know, from... I didn't, I didn't come out in high school, but I came out, well, kind of at the end of high school and right after. 
and a lot of my straight friends would go to uh, meetings at the the we didn't have I grew up in this small town in Utah we had a college but so that was like the one place where they had LGBT a, 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 a small club like and and people knew about it so once I found out about that straight friends would come with me as support you know like I'm a big fan of that like why mm-hmm. and it but all you have to do is like not say anything offensive <laughs> not tell know that this is like it's not your party if you were going to someone else's house okay here's a here's a uh, an analogy i guess so if you get invited over to someone's house or a dinner party like there's certain kind of manners that you, you know you probably shouldn't say that their carpet is ugly or you know <laughs> you shouldn't insult their house you shouldn't <laughs> like i don't know there's just basic things that you don't do as part of being kind to other people like even if you think the carpet is ugly you just don't tell them that um and there's you know like thank you for inviting me over like there's just you just know that this isn't your your you didn't you didn't plan this party right and so you know you might not like the singer or you might not like the choice of hors d'oeuvres or you might not like this or that but just be happy that you were invited and enjoy yourself in whatever way you can Mm -hmm. um make sure your friends that you're there to support are enjoying themselves if no one's enjoying themselves you can go like to the red lobster and have dinner and do something else oh with all Uh, them biscuits girl right there that's fine (laughs) but like that's as simple as it is i think for me i yeah there's a lot of stuff when we talked last time about how to be a better ally how to be more conscious of your privilege like all those things are necessary conversations that happen all day every day but you know if you're going to a big pride event to support um just support like be there enjoy yourself you know you can maybe catch some beads at the parade i don't know but don't decide that your idea of what pride should look like is what the LGBT community or the people that have planned the Pride. Now we could talk about how a lot of things that happen at Pride are just corporate bullshit things, but right. that's a, that's a different uh, conversation. So like, if you don't like the performer, if you think something is too, I don't know if, Oh, why is everyone show so much skin? Why is everyone doing this? Like just keep those things to yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> because people yeah. are doing it because they're celebrating themselves in a world that doesn't give them a lot of, spaces to do that um and so just be fine with that (laughs) yeah i think my biggest uh, i guess the one thing that i shared with said person or in said conversation was to remember that what you may think or you may believe to be true about the lgbtq community is Mm. not what you may believe to be true about the lgbtq community so having thorough conversations about what to expect and checking your own heteronormative mindset or um you know basically the things that you think and you believe to be true about yourself as a cisgender you know quote unquote and i put quotations around straight these days because again everything (laughs) gender is gender and sexuality is a spectrum right but just you know what you believe to be true about you know going into the going into the event 
make sure that it is something that is actualized and it's fact. Like I, I love the analogy that you give about going to someone's house for dinner, but also <laughs> recognizing too, like not everybody too at said dinner party is going to do the party the way that you are, you've yeah. normalized eating dinner. Right. So, you know, sometimes people eat dessert before they eat right. the main course. Right. Like don't ask why, why is it that y'all <laughs> eating soup? Like, girl, if you don't get in here to eat your food and be quiet, like what you should have did is sit over there and eat your food. Like that is literally what, where my mind is, right? Like, you know, it's okay to question things, but don't go into, don't go to pride. Um, as you know, I would say like the gawking factor for me, I think is what really rubs me the wrong way about straight people really in any space. Don't go as like a research project. Mm-hmm. You're not here mm-hmm. to learn anything. You can do that any other day. And if you have friends that you're going with, hopefully you already know a lot about the community or at least the friends that you have. And that, um, So you're like in a comfortable place. Right. But don't go as like a way to research the the queers that are, <laughs> oh, they're coming out today. So right, we're going to go yeah. see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just rude. <laughs> It would be rude. It would be rude in any, any number of right capacities or situations. So don't do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of that's my piece on that. I also would um, challenge people too to remind themselves of you know again where for me spacing is everything for me and i say that a lot like even me and my husband this weekend we were talking about why we don't go to drag shows anymore it's because of again how commercialized Mm. drag shows have become but also how many straight people love drag and now are going into queer spaces and taking up like tables and seats and just it's like baby this is not for you like we love that you're here but it's not for you i would also challenge too of like you know, going into the spaces and being like, woo, this is a queer time and, you know, kissing up on people and groping and, and doing all the stuff that what I like to find some straight people. And I don't, I don't want to make this generalized comment that all straight people do this, but I'm thinking like, I've seen some of my straight friends go with me to queer events and they think it's just an opportunity for them to kind of like parade themselves. And then right. when someone is interested, they go, oh no, I'm straight. Like also don't go into the event misleading people and making people feel like, they have an opportunity to connect with you when that's not necessarily the truth too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, so that's my other thought. It's not your, again, it's not your party. Um, <laughs> I mean, and some people do go to pride cause they're questioning themselves and wondering, and like, that's a different story. You might, mm-hmm. you know, it's a space that you feel that you can engage in some aspect of yourself that you couldn't anywhere else. But as a way to like get to know your identity not as a way to compartmentalize because then that's a problem as well but it's just not your party so right, right. keep keep your hands to yourself keep your you know it's just like basic rules that i would teach <laughs> straight people are like taking your kids to the water park i don't know like just teach them basic rules and manners yeah. that don't you don't touch people you don't do that you don't touch people you don't know you don't uh scream in people's faces you don't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't bite anybody don't hit anybody yeah like basic yeah she doesn't even go here i just keep thinking about that like Like, or that's what you get yeah right because you don't go here so you're being asked you're being invited and welcomed Mm -hmm. um hopefully usually as long as you're not overstepping some boundary um Mm -hmm. And just have a good time. Definitely, <laughs> That's what yes. I think pride should be about anyways. Mm-hmm. For all of us, um, not pressure to buy Budweiser or whatever <laughs> corporate right. brand. But just to have <laughs> a good direct time. Or DirecTV. And celebrate. Or DirecTV. Because... <laughs> 
somehow gay or at Pride. DirecTV is gay or at Pride. I don't know. Um, celebrate both, you know, like res- the resistance, um, just like we're talking about with graduation. Like celebrate that you, a lot of people aren't usually celebrated in these ways. And that's what it's about. Um, right. So imagine your, imagine what it would feel like for you if every day mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to kind of celebrate your own life in those ways like how would you react and so this is this is that's what pride is for um a lot of people so yeah. respect that yep i'm here for it so that was great i think great advice and thank you for that kevin um so i just you know again i think that you you framed it in such a really really good way and i think that that's really great advice like ba- like basically if you're being invited yeah. act like a guest yeah. <laughs> and if you if you can't then just don't go just stay they home don't go. there's like a stay. million other things you can do i mean mm-hmm. maybe in some cities it like takes over a major portion i mean san francisco i'm sure is a very it's a very big event like in major cities but mm-hmm. there are still things that you could do yeah. instead if you yep. really don't think you can handle it <laughs> just stay home i yeah. love that just stay home Okay, so speaking of staying home, um, we're going to move into the recess section. Um, and is there anything this week, Kevin, that has been kind of um, kind of just on your heart that you wanted to share with the listeners? I mean, not more than I already have. There's there's no, no one major thing that jumped out at me other than the kind of general stress of living today. Uh-huh. Um, but I know you've been thinking about a particular issue right (laughs) that you've been writing thinking about a lot um experiencing so this is your time (laughs) okay so i just so for my listeners i'm i am going to uh, apologize in advance because i know this is probably going to come across away but i've just been sitting with this for the last few so many of you do or do not know that i travel a lot i have literally been in the last maybe i would say in the last month and a half i've probably flown a total of somewhere between 12 to maybe 14 times so that's me going somewhere and getting somewhere and coming back um there are weeks where i will literally fly to two cities in one week so like for instance in april i flew i flew to um oh gosh i don't know where i was but i I, no seriously i was in baltimore yeah yeah i was in literally two or three states within the, the the span of a week and the one thing that i guess this in particular pet peeve that i have and I wrote an article about it. I'm going to plug it. I wrote an article on, on for into about my thoughts as a queer black fat person um, is for people who fly as well. Everything is not about you. <laughs> Listen, I just, I just want to say that for people who may have never flown before or people who don't fly often, keep in mind that there are, there are just some things that really, 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 really get under my skin. So case in point, I, I understand that there are people who deal with anxiety when we fly, right? So there are people, as soon as the plane lands, a, a mass amount of people want to stand up and get their stuff. But my thing also becomes who else are you inconveniencing when you're standing over their head, when mm. you're breathing on their neck, when you are taking up the, the aisle space, like specifically for someone like myself, who's fat, I take up a lot of space anyway. So when my, when you stand in the aisle, you're now 
I'm already on the, the, the person in the middle. I'm already in their space. So now I don't have any space to be comfortable. So sit down until they tell us it's okay for us to deplane the plane. The other thing that really irks me is that these are small, tight spaces. So I know a lot of folks can't afford first class. I know I can't. If you are going to fly, please, please wear deodorant. <laughs> take care of yourself. It's hot. Like, that is the other thing that has really driven me up the wall. Kevin, I cannot begin to explain how frustrating it is to sit on a two to three, four hour flight with somebody who smells like they have been through something. And I get it. Not everybody's standard of cleanliness and hygiene. I know that comes across as very, very, very elitist and probably somewhat um, problematic. But I'm, I'm just in this mindset of if we are in a closed space, like there's a lot you can do in an airport with some soap and water. Like do what you gotta do to take care of you. So that's just like my biggest pet peeve. But I think the biggest thing for me is just like, don't assume that, when you're moving across the friendly skies that one, I have to be friendly and two <laughs> that, that like everybody else's experience is going to be like yours. Like take into consideration that you are not the only person traveling. And yes, like even for me, I don't like children. I don't really care for small conversation with people. And I try, I'll be nice. And sometimes like for instance, yesterday when I flew back, there was two parents who had two crying babies. So there were two crying, crying babies for the duration of my flight, like both in the front of the plane and the back of the plane, they cried the entire time. So people were upset about it and I had to let that go. But overall, like for me, I was like, I get it. I understand it's a struggle to have children. I don't want them, but God bless you for having them. <laughs> but overall, like, just be better about flying. So that's just my little pet peeve this week. I had to say something about it because it was driving me nuts. But overall, <laughs> yes, if you are a person who is flying or is going to fly, be nice. Take care of yourself and clean yourself if you can. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I'm laughing not to, like, minimize because I know I've, I haven't been flying lately, but there are times when I'm definitely traveling around doing speaking more speaking stuff and so i i know what you mean the the one that all of it i agree <laughs> i agree with all of it but just the one thing that will never stop blowing my mind is the end of the flights when everyone just jumps up as if they're the only person and they think they have more of a right to get to their bag that's like 17 rows oh. away like i get it sometimes your overhead, sometimes the overhead compartments are full and you have to put your bag in, in somewhere that's further away from your seat, but that doesn't entitle you to then push through everyone else. Like, wait until the end. We all have places to go. No one is just like, hmm, I don't have anything to do today, so I'm going to fly to Los Angeles and just like kick back. We all have right. things to do. I mean, we all have flights we're trying to connect to, girl. Connections. Like, we all want everything. off the plane that we've just been on for four hours. So just check. It's back to this entitlement and the same thing about going to Pride or being a straight person. Just read the room. Like, <laughs> we all want something we all want our bag but that doesn't mean you deserve your bag more than i deserve to get my bag and if we all just did better deep did better but like it's just it's just common i also get this with traffic in in like if you're merging in traffic you go every other one like what mm -hmm. you don't it's just logic but 
it's it creates the jam when you don't follow that basic rule. So guess what? The people at the front are going to get off before us if you're wearing the back. It's just going to happen. Right. That's just what happens. So like calm and I have anxiety. So I'm like wanting to get off doing all the same things everyone else is. But like take a breath. Realize that we're 10 rows back. So, you know, you don't have to pop up and put your ass in my face while. That... Oh, my God, <laughs> Kevin, that. Oh, that takes me down every time a woman did it to me yesterday. And when I tell you it took everything in my spirit not to say something like, keep your ass <laughs> out of my face. Stop. Oh, like the bending over to get stuff when like, people are still sitting. <laughs> oh, Kevin, that, oh, that takes me down if, every time. If you stay seated, you get people's asses in your face. If you stand up, you're like hunched over because way. everyone's oh. because also people can't stand up in the window seats because of the overhead like it's just it's all uncomfortable we're all uncomfortable yes your and discomfort other... is not is not worth more right. than mine it's not my yes that is not my problem and the other thing the last thing i'm gonna say and then i'm gonna go ahead and say we got the closest we're about to get real long my other thing that really irks me is so i am t and i, I again i i i because I fly so much, I invested the money to do it. So I'm TSA pre-check and I'm TSA clear. So clear is really cool because I don't know if, how much you know about clear, but clear basically as soon as you, some airports have it, some don't. So like if you fly out of LAX, you fly out of San Antonio, you fly out of Atlanta, all places that I've been in the last couple months, clear, you can just basically walk up to the front. They scan your eyeballs. They, they take your, your pass and you go to the front of like, you don't even have to stand oh. in any line. So it's a really cool feature, but most most of the time I do TSA pre-check. Pre-check is a little bit easier. You don't have to take your shoes right. off. You don't have to take your computer and all the stuff off the bag. There are people who get in the TSA pre-check line and act like they don't know what's going on. Honey, you're pre-check. So you should know that nothing should be in your pocket. You should know that, no, you don't have to take your computer out the bag. You should know that you don't have to take your shoes off or your belt off. Where have you been? <laughs> You paid for the service you didn't even read about. You paid the sixty something dollars <laughs> for a service. So you're so yes, that's like that literally bugs the mess out of me. Like go go stand in that line over there since right. that's that's you, what you think you you're doing anyway. Right. Since you don't know how to act. <laughs> I just oh so and again, so I, I, I wanna say this so it doesn't come across because I again my manager, love you, Stephanie, please don't kill me for this. <laughs> I don't want to come across as if I am complaining and that I, I hate what I do. I love traveling. I, I It is a blessing. It is something I told the universe I wanted to do years ago. But just the stress of traveling, like for anybody who, and I guess that's my biggest thing that I want to share. If, if there's anything you get out of this podcast today, if you are a person who is looking for a job where you travel a lot, please know that flying is not as glamorous as it oh. seems. Oh, it's it, one of it's the not. least glamorous things in the world, I would imagine. I don't mm -mm. know. It's, yeah. If you're not first class, it is not glamorous. So I just wanted to put that out there. Just And if people. you are first class, realize mm -hmm. that everyone that gets on the plane and is like hunched over, pushing 
through people watching you like drink your white wine as we you're already on the plane in your big cushy chairs we kind of hate you but <laughs> we do and you can catch these hands let me tell you the amount of times that i have had to check people who think just because they're in first class <laughs> that they can treat me like shit i right. will tell you first you will get a first class ass whooping that's something that i will tell somebody me and you will fight in this airport and i've had several times where i've had to check people like um just because you are in first class doesn't mean that you could push past me and not say excuse me right. so that's the other thing if you can't afford first class kudos to you get your money do what you got to do but that doesn't mean that the people behind you are lesser than you just right. because they don't have the eight nine a thousand dollars whatever to pay for the extra upgrade or they don't choose to use their money in that regard but again flying is its own beast in itself and it's it's a conversation that again i know we can have for days but i just wanted to say that for my pet peeve this week is if you are flying please be better so that way we can all be better when we're up in the air because it's already stressful so yep okay and again that's that <laughs> i mean we're we don't really have we're just we're at the end now we can we wanted to shout out just once again i don't know more thoroughly more mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. all you graduates who especially um you know from lgbt graduates people that uh, come from from groups that you know we we're talking earlier about college was started for rich white men so you know mm -hmm. if you're not that and you made it through and you um, came out the other side like that's yeah. a huge accomplishment um, mm -hmm. that should be celebrated and and the education system should be critiqued but the achievement should be celebrated <laughs> yes yeah. So, and that was my biggest thing with wanting to kind of do our bibliography this week and shouting out specifically QTPLC folks and undocumented folks who mm. have literally made it through. I know it, you know, from funding to, you know, I know I've, I've read stories of, you know, students saying, I had to, you know, pay rent and had to work three jobs and, you yeah. know, and had to, you know, to drop out and go back and to finish, you know. I just genuinely this week, instead of shouting out, you know, celebrities and movies and film <laughs> and whatever, really shouting out the people that are on the ground that are really helping to make this world a better place. You know, those who are saying, I'm going to change the way higher ed looks. Yeah. I'm going to fight to make sure that the people who come behind me don't have to fight this hard. Um, and that are ultimately fucking up the institution too. Like a lot of the students who are graduating are the ones who are changing the way higher ed looks and are holding these execs. Like, I don't know. Did you hear about what you, and I know again, random tangent, but did you just hear what happened with USC? Uh, no. Yeah. So USC here in Los Angeles, they, their president ended up being called out by the Senate to step down, but it was only because of the students who continued mm. to keep fighting to tell the Senate and to tell the folks at the top that, you know, there were a whole bunch of misconduct things that were happening between the president and someone else in the mm. institution. And so you go, those are the students that I want to celebrate, you right. know, this week. I want to celebrate the students who are holding these administrators accountable, who throughout the four, five, six years, however long they've been in school, have held down jobs and have held down, you know, their families and have or have lost family right. and, you know, and have managed to finish. I think those are the people that I genuinely want to shout out this week. Yeah. And I guess just to add to that a quick, which you kind of already did, but like a quick shout out to the people that aren't recognized as staff and educators that are helping those students get through it and and trying to make and trying to change education because you know the administrators the, the the presidents and the the football coaches and all the other people for the college or who gets 
all the attention and credit mm-hmm. and um they do little to no <laughs> none of the really? actual um or deal with the actual bullshit that um you know deal with the actual student problems when they come to you and they need help right. and you know so shout out to staff and educators that are actively working yes. to help those students make it through because without mm-hmm. without some good people on the inside <laughs> yeah. um a lot less students would make it through um yeah and so yeah it's a mm-hmm. a group effort <laughs> Yeah. And shout out again too. I also want to shout out the people that I know who are working on the inside, but Mm. also working on their degrees too, and are finishing. Um, And again, I'm naming them because, you know, when I say name women like Dr. Melita Wilson over at Cal State Long Beach, like congratulations to her. She did it this year. Um, Thinking about some of my friends who I have back East at other institutions that I know have just defended their dissertations. Um, Ultimately, again, if you are working and you are working with students and you're helping students like shout out to you for getting you know struggling and navigating the hell which is higher ed but also being able to get through higher ed on your own accord too so just shout out to everybody who's doing it and a big anti shout out to all the people that are making it harder (laughs) fuck you (laughs) i always do that and everyone's like oh my god you were trying to be so great and i'm like and an anti shout out to the people who made yeah. it so fucking hard yeah. to need the shout out to begin with yes and i'm in that you know what while we're here so and <laughs> since i got this platform fuck you to everybody who in high school made it hard for me to finish <laughs> fuck everybody in my undergrad who said i wouldn't finish and i did Fuck those in my master's program who didn't really think I was going to finish top three <laughs> in the class, and I did. And especially a big fuck you to everybody who thought I was never going to get my doctorate. So how about those apples? So while we're celebrating everybody who's finished, uh, also big shout out and fuck you to everybody who does make it difficult for people to finish. Yes. Because a fuck you is also a celebration. <laughs> Ain't it though? Ain't it? <laughs> the biggest fuck you is being done. So that is literally it. That is literally it. The yeah. biggest one of walking across that stage and getting it is being done. What is? And I, I love that. I always tell people because people think when I, 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 the reason why I love formation is, you know, the last line when she says best revenge is your mm. paper. I always tell people I has nothing to do with, with money, money for me. Right, it's, yeah. it's this idea that you've been able to get, you know, one, two or three degrees and knowing that people said you couldn't. So congratulations to y'all. Because that diploma is a piece of fucking paper. It really <laughs> she's is. Ta- she's not just talking about money. Yes, that is it. So with that being said, any announcements that you want to share with the listeners? No, I'm just, I'm still just chipping away at my, yes. my, my book, my manuscript. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, come on, uh, come, come on all these, with so many people that have released books, um, in the last couple of months. So you're going to be up there. I just keep saying you're going to be up there in the, be- the New York's best <laughs> sellers list. <laughs> Yes, we'll see about that. But I'm speaking that into existence. You are going to do so well. I'm so happy for you. Um, yeah. What about you? Oh no, you're you're off. You're off of your travels. So. Oh God, for now, for for, for a few now, weeks. For, for, for now, for now, I am. Um, I do have. So I'm not going to be doing really any like speaking or um in that term. I think I, I'm learning that the summers are, are about me and and kind of developing myself. So I'm going to a conference at the end of June or the middle of June actually. Um, it's going to be in Detroit. It's a um a movement journalism camp type t- kind of deal. Um, that I'm that I got asked to go to. So 
I'm really excited about being there with folks in community there. Um, and then in July, I've also been wanting to promote Campus Pride is happening in, um, in North Carolina this year. So if you have not hmm. signed up, please sign up. It is a wonderful opportunity for those of you who are wanting to create change and wanting to help um, do some things here in the world. And then there are a few other things that I have that I can't really talk about, but as they come around, I will mention them. But with that being said, that's really all I have going on. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, then we can, we can say good day to, to, yes. to these listeners. Yes. Um, thanks for everything. Listening, <laughs> you know, whatever now i'm just babbling yes. now i'm just babbling no, it's fine it's it's you know we really are are very thankful and i i, I want to say to everybody who listens and shares thank you so much for continuing to rock with us and continuing um I, it was funny because i did get asked when are we going to be doing weekly podcasts <laughs> so i want to throw that out there that it is coming we are both working on things and with our, with our schedule, it makes it very difficult for us to do weekly, but we are hoping in the next couple of months to be able to move to a weekly uh, kind of deal. So with yeah. that being said, thanks for being patient. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.